Hey mamas, welcome to Breastfeeding Relief with Bethany. We share incredible stories, tips, and breastfeeding ideas to help on your journey. I'm your host, Bethany Laverne, a lactation consultant and speech therapist who helps mamas with breastfeeding. Not all breastfeeding stories are the same, and we dive into those topics. Hi, welcome to the podcast, Allegra. How are you today? I'm great, thanks. Thank you so much for having me, Bethany. Oh, we're so excited. Um, Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and all your kiddos? So I am a entrepreneur who works from home and I'm a homeschooling mom to a 12, almost 13 year old and a four-legged fur baby that I didn't breastfeed. Okay. (laughs) Awesome. So why don't you tell us about how your breastfeeding uh, journey went? So I breastfed for three years and, you know, I kind of, I definitely walked the road less traveled when it came to, you know, my pregnancy, my birth, my, you know, the newborn stage, all of that. I was, I'm, I live in Los Angeles. Okay. I used to, I owned a store called green and greener. So you can probably, you know, <laughs> I, I might not look it. I like to joke that I'm granola on the inside. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I had a very natural pregnancy. I had a home birth, even though I was an older, I was, I was, a what was it called? A geriatric pregnancy. Uh-huh. Okay. Or advanced maternal age. Right. Yeah. Um, That's after 35 that. if people don't know. Yeah. 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 So I was, I think I was 36 when I delivered. 36, okay. 36, 36. Yeah. That sounds right. Yes. I was 36. It's a while ago now. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to be 49 in days now. Okay. So I'm like, I have to look at this stuff. Okay. So I was 36 when I delivered and I, you know, I just, I was an anthropology major mm-hmm. as an undergrad. So for me, I constantly think about the fact that we really haven't changed that much in the last couple hundred years. Like right. our world has changed, mm-hmm. but our bodies have not really changed. Mm-hmm. And so when I think of you know, I read a lot of books about pregnancy, but when it came to having a kid, there were so many different theories out there that when I heard this grandmother say, this grandma from, from a non-industrialized country, okay. she gave her American-born granddaughter the advice, don't read the book, read the baby. Hmm. And I was like, Love that. Wait, all of these books can just go away now because <laughs> I, I just didn't know what to do. And I didn't want to not trust myself, mm-hmm. right? I felt like, this is a pretty instinctual thing, I think, in a lot of ways, right? Uh, not not that it's purely instinctual, because I actually saw a really interesting video about an orangutan that didn't know how to breastfeed. And so the zookeepers, one of them was breastfeeding. Oh, you mm-hmm. should include that on your page. I should. Actually, I read that article the other day. It was really great. Yeah. yeah. So I guess some things, you know, do need to be taught. But I just felt like, you know, I want to be able to trust myself because, oh, my gosh, our society and like not trusting ourselves is so rampant. I was like, this, Mm -hmm. this, I just need to trust myself about this. Mm -hmm. And so I did believe that, you know, breastfeeding just seemed like the most natural evolutionary thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's a lot of data out there in terms of how important it is, especially, you know, in the beginning. And I actually had women around me who were breastfeeding until four. And, you know, again, I'm an anthropology, that's my Mm -hmm. mindset. I'm an anthropologist. Mm So I don't practice anthropology, but you know, that's just how I think. And the average age for weaning around the world is four years old. Right. So, Mm -hmm. so I thought to myself, well, 
I don't know if I'm gonna make it to four, but I'd like to make it until she had all of her teeth in because oh, you know, just from like an infection point of view and a soothing mm-hmm. point of view. And at that point at three years, you're not breastfeeding a lot. It's almost like you're giving vitamins, right? Sure. Um, it wasn't nutrition per se. It was like supplementary. But I ended up making it to three years because my daughter's teeth just came in really slowly. And I also reached a point where I felt like I didn't, I wanted to have my body back a little bit, you know, because sure. at that point mm-hmm. it had been a year of pregnancy and three years of breastfeeding. And right. Um, yeah. And it was a wonderful experience. I mean, I've got a lot of boob pictures in terms of you know, <laughs> my daughter, like me shooting a picture yeah. just like this. I mean, it is, it was very sweet. Uh, I wouldn't say that I consider myself to be a particularly maternal person. And so I felt like having that skin to skin bond. And so I don't think, I don't know if I had much to add after that. Okay. Yeah. So um, I, I do want to say, you know, the ADA recommends exclusively breastfeeding for six months and then most moms stop around a year. Um, and so can you talk about why you decided to do so much longer? I mean, you've kind of touched on it a little bit, but, um, you know, how, how was that for you, especially with, I bet there was a lot of judgment if you did it in public, you know, Los Angeles is a pretty relaxed place. Sure. So in terms of the public, I didn't feel judged, but again, I just might not notice it because as you can tell, I'm not afraid of the road less traveled. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, even in Los Angeles, I, there's not many people home birth. It's very, very rare thing Mm -hmm. in general. And by the way, there's a lot of legal requirements around home birth. Like you have to be a low birth, you have to be a low risk pregnancy. Sure. You know, all of, and also my my midwives were nurse midwives. So they were medical professionals. So right. okay. it wasn't like I was rolling dice or anything like that. I felt very comfortable with my decision to home birth. Awesome. And especially because, well, anyway, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother story. But, um, you know, I did do a lot of reading around pregnancy, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I came across, and this is interesting. So my father, it was a dentist. Right. And one of the things that I came across was a hypothesis that it is best to breastfeed until the first tooth erupts, because that creates a signal to your gut to start producing different chemicals Mm -hmm. in order to start digesting food. And the hypothesis was that that might be why there are more food allergies prevalent Mm, because we do tend to give food before the first tooth eruption. Mm-hmm. And so I talked to my dad about that and he said, oh, that makes sense. And, you know, I just, I don't know if you know this, but the, the last organ that develops in the child's body are the lungs, right? And when the lungs yes. are d- developed and they're not even fully developed inside, right? They still keep mm-hmm. developing for a while af- outside, but sure. when they're done, that's what signals labor to start. And then you give birth and when the baby squeezed through the birth canal, it squeezes all the liquid out of the lungs. Right. And so when you think about all of the ways that that gets interrupted and you Mm -hmm. think about the high asthma rates we have, sure. You know, you just kind of wonder like, Oh, I wonder if there's a connection there. Mm -hmm. And so again, my anthropology background, I just kind of wanted to do things as 
un un what's the word when they <laughs> interrupt um they call it intervention i wanted okay. as few interventions as possible right from sort of start to finish of this mm -hmm. process because you know it's a closed system and i just right. felt like okay i was born to do this mm -hmm. and so let's give it a try yeah and so i was committed to only exclusively breastfeeding until her first tooth erupted okay and then i did uh the i didn't like give her I did single foods, but they were, I forget, there is baby led feeding, I think is what it's called. Yeah, baby led weaning. <laughs> yeah. Baby, baby led weaning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I always thought weaning was such a weird word for that because, you know, I wasn't weaning. So I call it baby led feeding, I guess. That's fine. And so I would, I would give her hand size mm -hmm. amounts of food that she mm -hmm. could, you know, just rah, 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 because again, the hypothesis is that perhaps children have choking issues because they learn to swallow before they learn to chew. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. So I gave her, you know, hand-sized slivers mm -hmm. of mango and avocado and those sorts of things. And so I actually never cut up things small for her. Okay. Like, yeah, even grapes, right? Which everyone like cuts up grapes because I did see like that she was really learning to use her teeth and she, mm -hmm. you know, she never had a choking issue. So I felt like that worked really well. And it also just worked in terms of, giving her foods to see her reaction to them to see if there was going to be any sort of allergy issue. So she has no allergies. She's awesome. never choked on anything. And, you know, she's 12, almost 13, not the greatest oral hygiene, despite being the granddaughter of a dentist. <laughs> okay. Because that's how this age is. Uh -huh. But zero cavities. So every time she gets a zero cavity report, I'm like, yes, this is why. <laughs> Um, awesome. And also how I ate while I was pregnant, right? I think that plays a big part in it too, but. Right, a huge role. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I felt like, I just felt like there was a lot of reasons to do it and not a lot mm -hmm. of reasons not to. I mean, mm -hmm. was it convenient? Mm, not particularly. Right. I do live in a city that is probably more tolerant of these things than mm -hmm. other cities. Mm -hmm. And again, I have a very practiced ability to be like well this is what i'm doing people so i mean i was in beverly hills mm -hmm. in, at the four at you know a very high-end hotel having tea with a girlfriend breastfeeding mm -hmm. you know um so and i never had an issue i never had anyone say anything mm-hmm mm -hmm. Yeah, that's nice. You know, sometimes I feel like old grandmas in the grocery store, like cover up or something. So, you know, I think, <laughs> you know, it just kind of depends on uh, where you live. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And also if you, you know, I'm sure that there's probably a way to do it that makes it clear that like, I'm not going anywhere. Right. So mm -hmm. yeah. if you want to say something, go ahead, but yeah. you know, mm -hmm. you just have to do it. Just go. Yeah. And I think that depends on your personality, right? You know, some of my yes. friends are very um, quiet, reserved, and they aren't going to breastfeed in public. You know, it's right. only home. We aren't going anywhere. Um, right. Or you bring like a bottle of with your pumped milk because they just don't want to do it in public. And that's fine too. You know, that's part of my podcast is right. not all journeys are the same and, you know, do what's comfortable for you. And also if it gets to be too much, you know, with going back to work. Do what's best for you. You know, your mental health is yeah. very important. 
Absolutely. Um, and also, too, not being stressed is very important, right? Because you don't absolutely. want to be putting cortisol into your breast milk constantly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, do what feels good to you. But also, I do think that, you know, when you're pregnant, try and set things up, set yourself up for success. Right. Right. Absolutely. Like I started talking to people. I started asking. I said, you know what? Because I've never had a kid before. Apparently, I'm going to need a lot of help. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what that's mm-hmm. like. So mom, mm-hmm. mother-in-law, like, will you be on hand? And sure. You know, so start talking early about yeah. it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm all about, you know, getting in a sport group with other moms that are also yeah. um, breastfeeding. I did that and Definitely. it was so helpful for my journey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We all would sit around and say one thing that was positive for the week and one thing that was negative, or I could use help on or so, some suggestions, which was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, La Leche League mm. is very well established organization. Yes. Most of, most of my homeschooling, home birth, you know, mm-hmm. granola on the inside or outside friends were in La Leche League. I, I went to one meeting. I just, I didn't feel the need, but mm-hmm. they all raved about it. And so, yeah, yeah that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And again, it's not for everyone. So, uh, yeah, no, that's Find great your group. Find your exactly. Group. Find your people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't you share with us, um, what was maybe one thing, um, that helped facilitate your breastfeeding more easily? Um, so I, w- I would say that, so I baby, I ba- I wore my baby a lot. Yes. And I would say that at least in the very beginning, especially the, I had one of those stretchy type baby carriers. I think mm-hmm. it's called a Moby, but it's like the wrap kind. Yes. That Jersey mm-hmm. material. I would, I mean, it was like breastfeeding and covering her up at the same time. It was mm-hmm. so easy. You know, my boob was right there. She could get on there. She was fully covered. I'm holding her. You could be grocery shopping and people wouldn't even know she was breastfeeding. Right. Mm-hmm. So I would say that the baby wearing, and I also did it with the more upright ones as well when she uh-huh. got a little bit older. Mm-hmm. That worked fine. Like she, you know, at that point, she sort of knew how to move my poop with her hands and she would get it into place. And uh-huh. it was pretty, I didn't have to do anything. And then I could be hands-free. Right. Uh, I don't I know not all babies like to be worn. I was lucky that mine really liked being mm-hmm. in close contact with me. It made it super easy. Sure. It also just made it super easy to get things done. Like I absolutely I feel like I don't know if I would have been able to even like use the restroom in the beginning <laughs> without help if it hadn't been for the fact that she liked being worn. So I could mm-hmm. just put her on and use the restroom and it was no problem if, if yeah. someone wasn't here to hold her. Mm-hmm. I remember vacuuming and baby wearing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, cooking, I did everything. Baby yep, wearing. I cooked. <laughs> was the best. And it's mm-hmm. interesting because there's one culture, I think it's in Thailand where they actually have a ceremony when the child's feet touch the ground for the first time, because literally oh. the baby is worn, you know, for, I think it's six months or nine months or something, but they have a whole feet touching ceremony. Oh, and so cool. it's just interesting to me where it's just like, seeing it sounds like pretty much every baby must be worn there then because if their yeah. feet are never touching the ground. Yeah. That's really awesome. Yeah. I was in the grocery store the other day and someone had, you know, one of the baby wearings, but it was on their back. And Mm -hmm. so, um, I've seen that before, you know, uh, put on the back and I'm like, that's really easy too. Um, so yeah, it made it easier for her to grocery shop and not have the baby in front of her. Absolutely. And I had one, not 
not at first, like the Jersey ones you can only do on the front, right? Sure. But then when they get a little bit older and now they're all different, right? Like when I had my daughter, the ones that were outward facing were mm-hmm. too narrow in the hips. So they oh, wasn't sure. recommended. Mm-hmm. And then also you're, I guess you're not supposed to wear them on the back until their spine is a little more developed so that they can sure. kind of hold themselves a little bit better, but I could switch it front or back. And I mean, I carried her in that thing, you know, I, I did, I gave up a stroller pretty early because okay. I found baby mm-hmm. wearing was easier. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Well, is there any last uh, word you have for our audience before we go? Yes, I do think <laughs> so. I personally am not comfortable with like the boobs out sort of breastfeeding for myself, especially sure. because I mean, you can't really see, but I'm a double D, right? Okay. So I'm busty. Uh, so I found the perfect outfit scenario. Great. Which was a tank top mm-hmm. with a loose necked blouse over it. Mm-hmm. in a synthetic fabric with a pattern, right? Because okay. I love natural fibers, but natural fibers and breast milk are not a great combination when it comes to washing. <laughs> washing. And then also if you have solids, right, they just stain really easy. Mm-hmm. So True. when I had that set up, I could just pull down my blousey top, mm-hmm. lift up the tank top underneath. And so my mm-hmm. boob was like wedged between these two pieces of fabric and then breastfeed her. Mm-hmm. And then if I needed any extra coverage, I love scarves. Okay. And the nice thing yeah. about scarves too is you can have them in heavy or lightweight, right? Like mm-hmm. they have those little like gauzy things. Right. And then I might just like push, pull that across like this just to, you know, give a little extra coverage to the skin because my child didn't like the full coverage. Sure. Thing yeah. That I know my favorite. kids she would did... throw their arms off to yeah. like She'd push just it be away. She'd like this, like, yeah. what is this thing? <laughs> Poof. Right. And it was like harder to manage that. Right. But when I figured out this setup, I just had, you know, 10 tank tops and I had like five blousey tops and I just boom, boom, and then I had a couple of gauzy scarves. Mm-hmm. So I don't even honestly, I don't even think people knew I was breastfeeding because sure. there was no skin showing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's possible to be very demure and and still breastfeed in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I loved the tank tops. I wore one every day. I felt like I mostly had them in black, gray, and white, but yeah, I always thought they were super comfortable. They were easy to wear. It was built in bra. Yeah. 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 Great. Awesome. Well, thanks so yeah. much for your time today. Yeah. So happy to. Yeah. And yeah, I just want to encourage people to get educated and then, you know, give it a go. I I really feel like the thing that really contributed to my success was just being so committed Mm -hmm. because I just so believed in the benefits. It hurts like hell in the beginning. I mean, literally I was like, oh my gosh, it feels like glass is being pushed through my vein or whatever these are called, right? All the little vessels in your, the milk ducts Uh that feels horrible. And then I did have a couple of times where you know, I had a clogged duck, but mm-hmm. you know, all you have to do is just brush three more during that time and it cleared it up. So it wasn't like a process that was seamless. And mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it wasn't without its, you know, challenges, but you know, the bonding time together was amazing. It was like, I could mm-hmm. feel the hormones being released in my body. I was like, right. Oh, this is so sweet. And then just like the health benefits to my child have been really great. So you do 
I do feel like you have to kind of like burn your bridges a little bit. Just be like, and again, there's always going to be a percentage of people for whom it just doesn't work out. That's just, you know, how things are. Right. But, you know, if you feel like you can make it work and you think the benefits are worth it, then, you know. Yeah. It's going to be a little tough in the beginning for sure. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, but uh, hang in there, mamas. It gets better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's just normal. That's part of the process. Right. <laughs> Well, thanks again for your words and insight and advice. This is really going to help our mamas. Thanks for having me and thanks for doing this. Thank you so much for listening in. If you love this episode, it would mean so much if you would share it with another mama or post on social media and tag me. I want to personally thank you for wanting to help other mamas. You got this. I'm rooting for your breastfeeding journey.